This is Romel. And this is Twanda. We are the co-hosts of Girl Can I Ask You Something podcast. Where you get to be a fly on the wall listening to conversations between two best girlfriends. Take a quick listen. Romel on cooking during the pandemic. Every day it's like another day on CHOP, you know, the Food Network, (laughs) you know. My thoughts on Issa Rae's new movie. Oh, I love everything Issa Rae does. Yeah. Until then. (laughs) (laughs) Ramel's favorite topic. We're talking about orgasms, girl. Orgasms. It's like one of my favorite topics. We like to laugh, but we don't always agree. It was a great idea. (laughs) I like it. It was a bad, bad idea. (laughs) If you like what you heard, Girl, Can I Ask You Something podcast releases new episodes every Tuesday. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms or girlpodcast.com. That's girl with three R's. Sisters come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. Sisters overcoming and rising. Inspiration, interviews, and more. A sisterhood for healing and empowerment. Join Dr. Stephanie and Soar. Our topic. Girl, what would I tell my 20-year-old self? My special guests are Rumel Anderson and Tawanda Baker. They are longtime friends who have been married to their respective husbands for over 20 years. They have teenage teenage and young adult kids, careers, and so many questions about everything. When they realize that their often used phrase, girl, can I ask you something? sparked hours of conversation. They decided to share these fun discussions with others in the form of a laughter-rich podcast. In each episode, the Girl Can I Ask You Something podcast showcases sisterhood, celebrating their accomplishments, sharing their challenges, and encouraging their dreams. So I'm so excited to have this dynamic duo with their thriving podcast and their fun and jovial nature on the show to help me discuss this topic of what would I tell my 20 year old self? I so excited about this topic. What would I tell my 20 year old self? (laughs) And I'm excited to be a third wheel, so to speak, because you guys are the dynamic duo. So I get to be a third wheel today. (laughs) that's funny <laughs> i don't know i thought we were like i don't know we're the we're the extra will right this is your show <laughs> right <time>. right <laughs> it's my show but you guys are a known commodity together so remember <laughs> <laughs> we're a thing we're a thing yeah. oh yeah yeah i like that <laughs> exactly a thing so what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of like what would you tell your 20 year old self I first think that all this wisdom I have now, oh my gosh, if I could have put that in my 20-year-old self, I would have been dangerous. And I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I th- and I think for myself, I think I would have been like, chill, mm-hmm. chill. Everything's going to be okay. And everything is not 
as serious as you think it is in this very, very moment and just enjoy, enjoy part of this. You know, you, you have, you only have one time through it and kind of enjoy it as you go along. And I know for me, it was, it felt more like a sprint than a marathon. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would, my first thing that came to my head was just slow down, girl. It's going to be okay. Okay, that was not at all the first thing that came to my head. It was like, girl, ramp it up. So, I mean, really? we live different lives. Come over, Mel. Okay. You're the do it, do it, do it, do it. I mean, yes. like, if you know her story, she's, yeah, <laughs> she's doing the most. And I felt like I chilled a lot of my life and didn't catch that second wind and, and until later on in life. So, I would go back and I'd tell myself, girl you need to, to to get some more adventure in your life you mm-hmm. want to go over you want to go overseas and study abroad do it no seriously do it make it happen you won't regret it as a matter of fact try to live your life with less regrets and and that doesn't mean don't be adventurous but it means to try things and see if you like it or not you know and st- just be open to to exploring uh, more I, I, that's what i think i needed Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how you both kind of are coming from opposite perspectives. And, and I don't I, know how we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Opposites attract, right? Yeah. Um, right. And I am more on the side of Rumel. I feel like I was worried about a lot of stuff. I was mm-hmm. like very kind of focused. And, I, and that's probably, I probably needed some of that in order to kind of get to where I wanted to get, to get through medical school. But I would have definitely told myself to worry less Mm -hmm. and just um, enjoy the moments because they don't come again. You know, you get it once. Right. I think that was, I think that's the thing. And if, when you, when you're always working, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, you don't savor it. You just don't savor the thing that has made you happy in that moment. Or you sometimes you don't even recognize, like, this was a really good thing. You just let it go. And, um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I think that's just what I would do. I mean, that's where I would start. But there are a whole lot more other things that I would tell my 20-year-old self. <laughs> I, I would... I'm uh, taking it away from career because I, I can think of something very specific. I would tell just me. It wouldn't necessarily apply to, to the rest of you all, but I would, I would change my thought about education. See, Ramel, you, edu- you went to school for business, and she, went, she has her own business. Like She's been in business from the moment I met her. She's just always been on her own doing her thing. She used her degree. I think I took all these things that I learned, all the mistakes I made in college, and I drilled it into my children. So I can't talk to my 20-year-old self and do anything differently, but by golly, I can talk to my 20-year-old kid (laughs) and and tell them uh, uh, all the things that I learned that that might apply to them. So I, I'm not really living vicariously through my kids. Maybe I am. Maybe. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> I'm at least trying to <laughs> pass it on to them because I can't do it over again. Right. But I can at least impart that wisdom to them. And one of the ones that I have passed on is that relationships have, uh, many relationships have expiration dates. 
Like mm-hmm. a relationship might be good for a time. It wasn't not all relationships, and I mean friendships, and mm-hmm. uh, not just romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But some people come into your life for a reason, for a time period, and then when that expires, it's it's, it's over. Their purpose in your life, which you're supposed to learn from that experience, comes and it goes, and it's right. okay. It doesn't have to be like what I was saying. Don't take it so seriously. It doesn't have to be. Oh my gosh, my best friend left me. You know. Yeah, you're yeah. in high school. You went to different colleges. Your best friend's not around anymore. Found another best friend. Those <laughs> things throw us off. <clears throat> but I think if you understood that sometimes a relationship, it can be great. A friendship can be awesome, but then it, it can go away and, and learn what you need to learn and go forward. I, I think I worried too much. Oh, I lost my friend. You know, uh, and, and before I figured out, oh, wait, life gave me other friends. I see. Mm-hmm. And that I learned something. Just I think that would be helpful. And of course, that definitely applies in romantic relationships. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that that is a that's a great one. The Another one that came to mind for me was, you know, now we're kind of living in the age of black girl magic. You know, we have all of these phenomenal black women. We've got Serena, we've got Venus, we've got vice president elect Kamala Harris. And I know we're not all the same age, but we did have, we we do have some decades that we crossed together, like Mm -hmm. the 80s and the 90s when we had some of our coming of age. What did we have back then? Like, did we know we had black girl magic? And if we did- It wasn't a thing. It, it wasn't a thing. Okay. Cause I'm like, did we have a different name for it? Did we, did we even know we had it? What was it? Well, now what do you think? I don't remember. I, it's, it's, it's a difficult question for me to answer as a child because I didn't grow up around too many other black people. So it, it made it very difficult for me to pinpoint black girl magic okay wait you wait. see what i'm saying Can we just go back to let's go to mm-hmm. your childhood when you were in college at fan i was that, about to that, i was yeah. very magical to me that that is that is where i just started to discover what that black girl magic was but we didn't have a name for it it just felt when you feel empowered that's when your magic comes out. Mm-hmm. And so for me being at FAMU, I'm going to rep, you know, I'm going to rep, <laughs> but <laughs> being there and feeling like um, not the oddity, not feeling like the odd man out all the time and feeling that sense of community, it's empowering. And that's when you start to feel like you can take on the world. And we didn't call it black girl magic. I think we just, I think we just thrived. And, you know, the, me and my classmates, we just thrived. And, it, and we recognized that we were in, I would say, a special situation. Because once you leave there, once you leave those halls, you don't necessarily have that same environment ever really in your the rest of your life you know um so it was magical but we didn't call it black girl magic back then i wish we did <laughs> i wish we did too I, all i can remember back then is that you have to work twice as hard to mm-hmm. get the equal pay equal respect you know two and three times as hard i remember that so 
more so than you having magic in you, you're going to have to work twice as hard just to, to break even mm-hmm. with everyone else. So it felt like we've got a struggle to fight for more than anything. Um, didn't even realize our black girl magic. So I'm really glad my kids are growing up during this time. And for all the young black people, kids growing up, especially the girls during the black girl magic time, I, I think that means something. Uh, and it can, it can give them some of the things that we, by just wanting to have this conversation today, wanted to uh, tell ourselves, we would like to give ourselves black girl mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. Um, if we could, when we were uh, 20, like one of the things that, I wish my 20-year-old self knew mm-hmm. was that when it came to men, they will do at, uh, they will do stuff to get your attention and your approval. So it's not always you have to do stuff to get their attention. Now, actually, men are just attracted to women. And mm-hmm. if we said, if we had done a better job of saying, pull your pants up if you want my attention. We might not have this mm-hmm. this uh, sagging pants issue we have right now. Can we go back so no. we can change that? Right. Can we just, I, I just need that. them to change that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for that. The three of us, that should be enough. That's a quorum, right? That's a quorum. <laughs> oh, I think had we known our power back then, we could have changed. But the, I, I didn't know these things. I thought I, I fell for the Cinderella or Snow White. We wait for the guy. You know, I just didn't mm-hmm. know that we had a lot of power mm-hmm. and we could, they would do things uh, just to get our attention. So we had magic and some women knew it. Do you know those girls who grew up mm-hmm. knowing they had black girl magic and they didn't tell the rest of us? Yeah. They're the ones. So rude. That was so rude. So rude. Very rude. <laughs> and you could tell, you could spot them from a mile away. Yeah. They they definitely carried themselves with an aura and it was like an aura of confidence mm-hmm. and and the and you could see you could always spot them because they always had a trail of men right behind them. Right. You know, like yeah. the pipe piper or something. They were yeah. just um, because it was attractive. Confidence, regardless, whether you're a man or a woman is attractive. It's like it's just facts. <laughs> you know what Do I mean? Do you think their parents, their moms specifically told those girls, hey, you've got work. I mean, did they tell them something I didn't get? You know, I'm, I'm curious. Like, how did they get, how did they acquire this information? Do well, I have uh-huh. to now come back in another life and whisper to my next life? Like, <laughs> oh, girl magic, you got this. Like, how do, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can. I have one daughter. So I'm doing the best I can there. But, you know, I'm just curious. How did the ladies get the jump on me in the past? I don't know. I mean, like, I know my mom was my mom and my dad, because we didn't have the other surrounding. We didn't we didn't have any family in the area. We didn't have a lot of support system. So they were always our cheerleaders. Right. So if there was. I never had a reason to lack confidence if I only took an account for my family. But then you just have the general environment um, that you're dealing with every day. And if you're feeling beat down or insecure, then that confidence, I think, only takes you so far. And so I don't think it's necessary. I think home definitely comes into play. Definitely don't think you don't find that um, inherent sense of confidence without that coming from home 
but I think it's also your environment that you um, are raised in. Yeah. And I didn't really get that from home, that, that sense of you can do this. You know, my, my mom wasn't really present um, mm-hmm. a lot of times when I was growing up. So I definitely think that played a part in it. And it was something I had to learn a little bit later on. But I agree. I mean, you can get beat down from inside and from the rest of the world. And I do think that those girls probably, even if their mothers didn't say it to them, they probably witnessed it. They probably saw how either their mothers or some other women in their lives carried themselves. Mm -hmm. And they probably saw that soft power. This is a new term that I I just learned is soft power. Ah. You know, we think that you have to be aggressive or assertive to be powerful. But like Mm -hmm. what you just said, we were powerful beyond what we knew. Mm -hmm. And it came from our ability to be soft. You know, if you picture these women, they weren't, you know, aggressive or assertive. They were soft. Sometimes they were soft-spoken. Sometimes they, you know, were delicate in their movements, but they had a lot of power. Um, So I think they probably saw it at at some point growing up. Mm Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, I mean, results breeds results, right? If you know that if you flutter your eyelashes or if you're subtle in this way and you get attention, hey, let's do that again. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn how to really I, flirt uh, until too late in my life. Like nobody I, taught me how nobody taught me either. what to do with it. By the time I, I learned at one point, and I, I hate that it took till college to figure it out, but that I learned that by just smiling and being nice to random guys, and I'm not saying I'm, I did, but I would go to a store and uh, let's say somebody's or go somewhere. Somebody, I remember this specifically. Somebody was stocking the vending machine, and I was just—I said something nice, and I smiled. I smile at everybody, by the way. <laughs> I smiled, and he ended up giving me like a free snack. You know, I was like, "Oh, here you go. You like these chips? Here you go." It's like, "Wow, thank you." But then I realized later that I could do that over and over again, and it worked. I learned that I could do a certain thing. I could mm-hmm. smile a certain way. And men would give me things. And with that power that I figured out, it scared me. And I was like, I'm not going to use that. I remember thinking, oh. I'm not going to do that because that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. The day, Twanda, mm, <laughs> different, right? It's just that it was like I got a glimpse of, of that. And I don't want to use it for bad. That's not what I'm saying I yeah. would do. But I would harness that. And use it more appropriately. Like yeah, if I could learn to finesse it, youth, mm-hmm. y- y- uh, youth is, is wasted on the young man. If I could just go back with the information I had now, uh, uh, things would be different. I, I do want to talk about romantic relationships, though, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about sex. Oh, okay. Well, let's get down it, to it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is in our show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> Get down to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no idea how much power, how much, like, I've learned. And, you know, everybody, if you don't like what I'm saying, please write Dr. Stephanie, not me. <laughs> no, it's good. So if you don't like it, just write her. Um, there is power in sex. 
And I never knew anything about it. I didn't know how to work it. So we see young um, ladies who know how to work it. And I don't mean you know, kids, but I mean young ladies who know how to work, work it. Men will do things with, for the potential for sex. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some women did. I used to think that it was better. It was, it was the goal to make sure he got off and he enjoyed it. And, you, you know, you, I thought that the woman was supposed to put it down and that's, and he was going to be, you know, he's going to love it. And it didn't, it took so long for me to recognize, oh, wait, I'm supposed to get a lot out of this too. Like that wasn't ever a thing. If you looked at the music and what it was saying, mm-hmm. uh, she was always bright. I don't know. I don't know how much that's actually changed, to be honest. In the music, you hear that you know i you know i got the well no i'm not gonna say that that you will get people writing to you but (laughs) but you know it was all about i'm gonna please this man and i'm gonna make it good for him and this and that it was really about "Mm, i i I, it was good for me that's not right right. i it's so there was so much i didn't know about that and had i known that things would have been different too (laughs) yeah so uh should we have had wop when we were 20 years old? You mean the song the or song the song by Cardi B? Okay. <laughs> oh, what, Ramel? The song what? or what? I was just, I, I just wanted to make sure I was approaching this appropriately. That's all, dear. That's all. I mean, if you, I think the idea of the song WAP is supposed to be empowering, and I get it. I don't particularly care for it i think that um i don't know it it's an expression i just don't get into but i think the idea of being in charge of your own sex life i think yes that's empowering so if we're asking from that perspective yes wop yes give it to me i'm in charge okay (laughs) i don't know i don't listen to i haven't listened to the word i don't know the words by heart but I'll tell you, my impression was not very different than what I mentioned before. It sounds like she's bragging on what she has and what she can give and do to him. I don't know. I, I, I don't listen to them. I don't know the lyrics. I wish I could have bring it up. Yeah. But if she's saying, oh, I got I got satisfied. He satisfied me. He did this to me. You know, I, 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 I yeah. felt this way about uh, more so that maybe he's giving to her and she's getting something out of it. But I heard her bragging about her WAP and what she could put down on him and what she could do and how great she is for him. I didn't hear a whole lot about I'm getting, I'm having a great sexual experience. Right. I, that's what I, you know, no, I, I agree to, to make with it you. academic. That's what I don't remember many songs about. Um, he gave it to me good. Like, it's always, I do it good. I got the yeah. best thing. Look at what mm-hmm. I can do for him. I think that's still a big thing. You know, I think, it's, I think it's telling that even a song, I agree with you first off. I, I totally agree with you. But I think it's also telling that it's 2020 and it takes that long for even women to have a song that is even speaking about sex like in that manner you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um where she feels empowered enough to really 
put her WAP out there like that, right? Um, guys have been slinging that thing mm-hmm. for as long as we can remember, right? In some form or another. And so it's just kind of telling about the lack of power we as women kind of take over our own body. Um, and I agree with you, Tawanda. I think even it, this even falls short of that mm-hmm. in the sense that it's about the fact that her stuff is so good that he wants, you know, that this guy can't, you know, do without it. You know, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And I think that also the other thing that was very telling was the outrage that I heard from men about mm-hmm. that song. Mm-hmm. That's out outrage yes yes oh, it was so inappropriate we don't want our young girls we don't want our 20 year old daughters hearing this song yes oh so many men that i know were just outraged and like even male public figures just how you know this is so crude and how dare she do this and we don't want this influence on our 20 year old girls so just like we were talking about our 20 year old self and there's a lot of reasons we didn't know that we had the type of power that we had because men didn't want us to know <laughs> and they still right. don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think it's a shame. I, um, I was, I'm always on Facebook, but um, I was uh, reading in a hair group, no less. They, the hair groups always talk about sex. I don't know why, but anyway, <laughs> but they were talking about, um, women having orgasms and um you know so many of the women who were on there um really had given up on the idea of being pleasured in bed and some of these women were not just older these are some of these women were younger and they don't even um connect with the idea that it's a 50 50 kind of thing right? You get some pleasure. I get some pleasure. We're all good, you know, and, but it's more of a, always like a giving, just giving, giving, giving. And some of these women were straight up like, I just don't expect this to happen during sex. And I am just okay with it. I've just gotten over it. They've just gotten over it. And I'm like, that's awful. Whose idea is that? It's not mine. That's I think it's, it's an American thing. I don't know any other cultures, so but I think it might be an American <laughs> thing. I told you, I'm getting out of America for a while so I can learn other cultures. But I do think just when you think about um, women's sexuality, we know a whole lot about men. And, we, and men have, if, if ever their um, business goes limp, they got lots of tools mm-hmm. for that and I don't, and, and when it comes to birth control, it's always on the woman. I just feel like we, as a as a country, our culture is never focused on women, um, never cared as much about whether women get pleasured. So we are, we're along this long line of, we just, you know, nope, they don't have to think about us. It's, it's going to be a new phase when we actually start talking about, no, I, I, want you to pleasure me too and mm-hmm. you know there's something i need that and, and for women to know what they need and be able to ask for it mm-hmm. that's a whole nother. now that's where we come in involved again where we have to pass this on to our 20 year old we can't take it 
to ourselves, but you know, we've got kids. I hadn't really figured out how to sell this to my daughter. Yeah, I was just sitting here <laughs> thinking about that. But, I was like, but, how do I have? I mean, do we? Ha- that is like that's a super frank conversation. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and it's one that needs to be had because if you don't tell people what, if you don't let them know, hey. Mm-hmm. I waited way, I got way too far in life before I realized, oh, wait, it can be about me too. Right. <laughs> that right. is that, oh, what? And so I don't want that for my child because then she's going to get to too late, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. and feel the same way. And I, by the way, I got quiet because I pulled up the lyrics to WAP. <laughs> and I was reading just to see to make sure that I had a good concept of what was going on. And I know. Um, my daughter, because this is during the, you know, she's she's a young lady during this time. She probably can spew these off of the back, you know, um, by memory. And even if that's what they are thinking that sex is, it's still about having a whap so that he feels good. It's about mm-hmm. letting him do all his porn fantasies on her and she's here for it. And it's even about... and. I will. I have been uh, accused of slut shaming. I'm so glad this is your show and not mine. Anyway, um, I have been accused of slut shaming because I'm like, well, you're just talking about you're talking about sex for all the things he can give you. She doesn't seem to be having a whole lot of fun. She just likes to know she can do it good and that he'll give her stuff for it. And is this the message that's going out? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I was I'm, I was just shocked that still. I don't hear anybody, a lot of women talking about what they can get out of it. So if we don't tell the young people that uh, the young ladies, hey, there's something real good in, in it for you and you can ask for what you want. And you should have a partner who is interested mm-hmm. in making sure you get what you need. I don't even think we know that. Well, let me on the flip here. side, on the flip side of that, do we ha- I don't have any boys, but do we talk to our boys to say, look. This is not all about you. I mean, hmm. is anybody having those conversations? I'm just okay, curious. So I know we're not talking about I, I don't think so. Um, my boys are too young right now, but I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm around lots of other mothers of boys, and I have not heard them saying that they're having those conversations. And I think you hit on a good point. Um, what I'm seeing is that people are looking young women are looking for partners who can give them material things and not really looking to get their own pleasure. And, and it, is, it seems a little bit transactional in terms of, okay, mm. it doesn't matter if I experience pleasure from, from this um, intimate act because I'm going to get this Louis Vuitton purse or whatever, right. this material thing. So it, it, it is definitely different. Yeah, and I think that's so. We do have okay. So y'all are both saying, "Well, I don't, I don't know anybody." Well, I am a mother of two boys. One is uh, seventeen, and one will be twenty this month. Mm-hmm. And it's still too soon to have that <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that maybe. His father is in a good position to to have that conversation with him. I hear what you're saying. I probably should uh, be the one as well 
to plant that and say, I'm not going to do it at this age. It still seems quite young or I don't, I, I can't see myself having that conversation yet, but eventually I can, because as I get older, I feel I lose a lot of my um, hesitations about things. And I speak mm -hmm. on more things that I ever spoke on before. Every year that I get older, it's something about getting older that gives you, <laughs> just loosens the tongue and lets you say what you want. But at some point, I do feel like it's part of my responsibility, perhaps, when he decides to get married. Because like my oldest son, is, he's the marrying kind. I know he's probably going to want to do that. Then I'll make sure my husband has that conversation with him. I might do it, but I'll make sure that that happens. Well, that's cool. But you have to check in with me several years later. And I'm going to check in with whether, you. Like, have whether, you had how, that how, that, how that happened. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. honestly, it's, it is both, it's on both sides of the equation. Like, yes, women, we have to feel empowered enough to ask for what we want. And it doesn't have to be this big ask. There, we, we have ways, right, <laughs> of making our our desires known mm -hmm. and making and making having men do what we need them to do to make us feel good we have the we have that power um but we also have to um there's there's a both sides we have to be able to to tell our girls that but it's a 50 50 thing our guys need to understand mm -hmm. that they play a role in it too um so y'all just check in with me because you know y'all have put a challenge out there for me i hear you i hear you and i have to find a good time for that conversation as well there is a too early for this conversation scenario um so i'll i'll, I'll make sure that'll be part of something i take on because i think that is important yeah, uh, and I would like to be able to say I passed on some good information to my kids. And I said that I think my son is a marrying kind and he'll want to get married. I think I'm right about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to teach my children that marriage is not the goal. Not necessarily. It's, I don't think mm -hmm. marriage is for everybody. And I feel like our culture especially teaches our girls that we're waiting for Prince Charming to come and sweep us off our feet so we can live happily ever after. And we haven't done enough to provide a more realistic view of what mm -hmm. is fulfilling in life. If you find a partner, I think that's great. I just don't think that is like the answer for everybody. And you don't have to do it by a certain time and, or, or you're running late on, on your life. You know, I just, I want to make sure that my kid, my daughter specifically doesn't feel like she has to be like Cinderella or Snow White and has to wait Girl, for Disney is the worst. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, fairy tales. I'm not talking about, you know, the company themselves, but like in terms of the fairy tales of Cinderella and Snow White and all that kind of stuff, especially in a modern society where we as women have a much bigger role in our families. Um, and our, our family roles are much more expanded, mm -hmm. okay? And if you're sitting there waiting for your guy to come and sweep you up and, you know, take you off into the sunset, honey, that is the wrong idea. You know, if you're more worried about your wedding than you are about the day after your wedding, honey, do it over again. It's That's the wrong focus. And, um, and, and so that fairy tale mentality 
really does not serve us, especially as young women. It does not serve us. No, I, I think we have a three-way agreement on that. That's definitely something I would tell my 20-year-old self is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to get married in order to be good enough, right? Yes. You, can, you can be good yes. enough without being a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be good enough without being a mother. Mm-hmm. You get to make these choices and decisions for yourself and you don't have to make them right away. Take your time and see what feels right for you. So that's definitely some advice I would have get. I would give my twenty year old self. One, I, of, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, don't forget what you said. You have to say about one yeah. of the things I do. I've told my daughter that one already. And one of the things I try to do is when I see people these days doing something, I don't. I, if I, I hear this a lot, especially on Facebook um, and, and in conversations where people say. Well, why are you still single? That mm-hmm. question is inappropriate. And I don't mind letting somebody know that, because they're not talking to me because I've been married forever. But they're talking to somebody else. And I can say, that's not cool. You know, mm-hmm. or I can give that other, that person they were talking to some support and say, you, you know, you just, you know, shake that off because that's stupid. I mean, the question in that, just kind of supporting them to know everybody doesn't think you should be married by now. How are, why are you still single? You don't owe that to anybody, but that is so much part of our cult. Like I said it and you know, you hear it all the time. You hear mm-hmm. other people saying, why are you still single? Why aren't you married yet? Why don't you have you know, kids? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. don't you have kids? The whole thing's are hundred percent inappropriate questions mm-hmm. to ask that are very commonly asked. And it makes the person they're talking to feel like, they're behind they missed the goal you know they're not there yet and I don't because I don't believe that I don't like to let people get away with that yeah I get it I um I was gonna agree with Stephanie about the I would call it enoughness um if I if I were to change my answer from a few minutes ago from the very beginning, I think that would be the number one thing that I would want to tell myself as, as um, a 20 year old is um, you are enough. And that goes to everything. If you don't feel enough, um, like you are enough, that it bleeds into every other decision that you make, whether it be relationship-wise, whether it be career-wise. You don't feel, you might not feel like you're enough to go up for that promotion. You, you might not, mm-hmm. you talk to yourself in a different way when you don't feel enough. You might choose a guy because he likes you and you don't you don't see any other prospects so you go with him because you don't feel like enough and if i could go back so i'm stealing your answer because i think it's the best one for (laughs) it's the best one no but seriously if i were to do it over again i would start right there and just try to fill all those little holes Mm. of um where I didn't feel like I was enough. In some ways, I felt like, oh, yes, I'm here, I'm there. But there were so many other places that life had to show me that I was enough. Um, But if I could start over and feel like a full vessel (laughs) when I started off into my career and my relationship, wow, how empowering that would have been. 
Exactly. Sit there and think about what what might be different with my life if I had thought I was enough a while ago. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, it's a journey, and I get it. I mean, we're not here to start off um, at a hundred percent and work. But that would have been nice. Come on, but <laughs> it would have been nice. It, that would have been really nice, and you don't. But you 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 don't. The journey would have been completely different. Yes, but. Um, I think if I had even started off with a higher percentage of enoughness, um, <laughs> that would have been a really great thing. I mean, because you, you're always seeking out, you know, to be fulfilled. And it has to start within you. It really doesn't start out um, externally. So, yeah, I love the way you said that, even starting with a higher percentage. Because just like you said, we, we all have a journey. And if it wasn't that, then it would have been something else. Mm-hmm. But with that being such a core thing and with us being vessels that have these little cracks and leaks in them, mm-hmm. if we could have plugged up just a few more to be a little bit more of a stable and whole vessel, yeah, we could have made decisions that would have taken us down a different path, but maybe that path would have had more international travel and more adventure and more, you know, comfort in our own sexuality and our own power. And, you know, there would have been different lessons to learn with that. But some of those basic ones, I think we try to, as parents, we try to plug as many of those holes in that vessel, right? Yeah. So that they can start off from, as stable and as whole a place as they can. We know they're not going to be perfect and they're going to have right. their own challenges. Right. But we, we try to give them as much as they can in the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think part of it for me, because there are things I feel like I wish I had known, I should have known earlier, some other people knew and I didn't know. And I feel like they got to jump on life and experiences before me. I have learned at this point, I can't change the thing in the past. Right. So what did I get out of the journey? Cause that's the, um, that's the other part. When things go wrong or bad or, you know, they feel wrong and bad that that's part of the journey. And I've, uh, I've learned to appreciate, okay, when things don't go right and there's nothing I can do to change it, you know, it's just that, that one, that something didn't work out then what did I learn in the process and how can that help me in the future? And just reframing mistakes or failures as educational moments and moving on. That's what over time I've been able to recognize, okay, I'm going to have these little dips and and things are going to happen that I don't feel right. But where's the open door? I've learned that usually there's an open door somewhere. There's something else happening for me. So just be changing my perspective. Had I been able to do that earlier, might have been good for me as well. It was something I learned along the way, and I think right. everybody has their journey, and they have they have to have things go wrong so they can they can learn. Mm-hmm. I still think it'd be good to teach that early on as well. Absolutely, I love that one, and just like having having a little bit of fun since we're kind of doing the crystal ball time travel thing. <laughs> <laughs> What would we have told our 20-year-old self to do less of? Worry about that boy. Mm-hmm. You, you, you cried and felt depressed about that boy. You should have let him go. If you knew who you were, if you knew you were enough, you would have gone on and met 
other boys or had other fun experiences with your girlfriends and you would have been able to get back off, get back onto your feet sooner and, and enjoy life more. I spent way too much time worried about a boy in my life. So that's one of the things, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. Gosh, I'm sitting here thinking about it, but I think I would have spent less time worrying about what other people thought about my actions or what I was mm -hmm. doing or how I was approaching things. Um, I think, honestly, it's, it's something I've worried about like to a certain extent for a very long time. And now as I get older, I think once you, once you hit that crossroads of 40, I think there's this self-evaluation of like, girl, just let it go. And I think I'm getting to that point where I'm really much closer to where I want to be with that. But I will have to say that has been a struggle for myself and a, or a challenge. I won't say a struggle. I don't think I struggled with it, but um, I think a lot of women do. A lot of women make decisions based on what someone else is going to think about the house that they're buying or the, or, you know, the shoes that they buy or whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, and if I had to do it all over again, I would spend about 75% less time worrying about what other people thought about what I did for myself or my household. Yeah, <clears throat> that. Uh, I definitely agree with, with both of those that, uh, those are great answers. And the other thing I wonder is what sorry, would you, you didn't answer that for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was and waiting I, for I heard, I, Yeah, I, I heard my, I heard Ramel's, but don't even try it. Just don't let me get me. away with you that. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. <laughs> Call you on the carpet right okay, here. Okay. What would you do less of? I would do less self-criticism. That that would definitely be my number one thing to criticize myself less. I was really hard on myself as a 20 year old. And I think I was a bit of a perfectionist and wanted to be perfect in all of these areas. And failure was not an option. Whereas like you were saying, failure is so important to learning and to growth. And now I, I can see that, oh, this is just an opportunity to see things from a different perspective and to look for the open door. You know, failure was soul crushing back then because I was so hard on myself. So that's what I would do less of, self-criticism. Nice. Another Y'all are like the police. I was waiting for it too. I was like, well, I already took over her show at one point, so I'm not going to do it again. And then she tagged me. Never to leave you in the dust, girl. Never to leave you out there. Um. The other thing I thought was interesting is what would we have told our 20-year-old self to do earlier that we waited and did a little bit later, but we would have been like, girl, you should have did that much earlier. Um, and I, I think I might, you may have mentioned something already, Tawanda, that you would have told yourself to do earlier. So think of something different. And then Rumel, what would you have told yourself to do earlier? Um, let me see. I am thinking about this and, um, uh, I, th I know it's similar to what Swanda said, but I think I would have traveled a little bit more. 
um, starting off, but I, I don't know. I, I think it would have definitely been travel because that's the one thing since I started having kids, I can't do anymore. I don't think I appreciated the, um, the freedom of being able to move about, um, and not have to worry about our, our kids and everything. Cause although I didn't get married as early as Twanda, my husband and I have been together since I was 20 Mm-hmm. And so, um, even though we weren't married, we were in a committed relationship. So, um, you know, for the first nine years of our relationship, we had availability to do those things that uh, would have been fun and maybe more enriching and things like that. But um, we did, I think we kind of squandered it. And I wish we hadn't. Um, so now we're just waiting for our kids to kind of go off and stuff so we can go out and enjoy ourselves again. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely wish I would have traveled. I feel like at the time I didn't think that I had the money, but now I see people traveling yes. like on a little bit. I guess my, my, my taste was too luxurious because people, <laughs> they travel, they go to hostels and they, they, they can do it on a, on a budget. And I wasn't really aware of that. But one thing I definitely would have done earlier was to network. You know, it was something that my uncle always told me that I needed to do. And he would put me in situations where I could do it and introduce me to people. But I just didn't feel I I don't think I felt confident enough in myself and I didn't see the value in it. I I saw the value in having my own friendships and relationships, but I didn't see the value in networking and kind of going outside. And now I see that some people network their way into their first job and now they are CEOs and they're the C-suite because somebody they networked with when they were 18 or 20 or 21 years old. And I'm like, whoa, I really, I really missed the boat on that. Mm-hmm. I think for you, and you're talking about networking, you have to know to do it. It helps to know to do it early. I don't think it hurts at any point in time to do it, but it helps to know to do it early, especially when you're in college meeting some of the people who are going to be great people who can give you a leg up later on. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't know that because my parents didn't know it either and they didn't do it. So they couldn't teach me how to do it. So even if I heard that I should do it, I didn't know how I hadn't seen it done. I didn't know. Didn't I knew that other people, I knew that other people <laughs> at, were excellent at networking and oftentimes they already had people in place who could give them a leg up mm-hmm. I, I knew that I didn't have that so I didn't know how to to work that networking thing um, I, I, I didn't know how that was supposed to work so doing that early would be great knowing how to do it being able to practice it um, at, at, there's some people who knew how to do that and I watched them do it in college and I still didn't figure out how to do it Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure I know how to do it right now, to be honest. <laughs> but mm-hmm. making that a priority, I agree 100%. That mm-hmm. would have done me very well. I got married at 22, had my first kid at 24, and then, you know, I had a kid every two years after that till I had three, you know, so... You talk about what would I do earlier? I was like, dang, I'm kind of really. I know. Um, it's like, it wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, I did that real early. Um, 
So I'm, I was having trouble trying to figure out what, what I know. The, the one thing that I've learned about and have been playing with more that I wish I had done earlier was trust my own intuition. Mm, so that's excellent. I have now I can recognize, you know, I can I, one of my um, superpowers with my intuition is knowing who I think could be my friend immediately and knowing who can't be my friend immediately and mm-hmm. not having to explain that away. It's like, we can be friends. I know that we can't be friends and I'm unapologetic. Right. And it doesn't make any logical sense. And people that grew up in the church. So it was more like, don't judge and this and that. And it's like, Oh, now I know I get some gut feelings about situations, about people, about job opportunities. And I wish I had, trusted myself my intuition enough to go with it mm-hmm. um and and under understand that you know there's some there's a little something inside of me making decisions and looking at the whole situation and saying you would be better over here you would be mm-hmm. better over here this is a good decision move with that but because i couldn't explain it i went against my intuition and then i found myself so many times saying oh i thought about doing it that way or i should have done it that way yeah. i would encourage the younger folks to pay attention to that little voice inside of them. Now you have to make sure you you don't get the little devil on your shoulder. So I mean, I, I, there's there's always that, but but sometimes we just kind of have that gut feeling we should go with that. Can I just drop in really quickly to say I, this? I want to steal that one too. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Twanda and I, when we first became friends, I don't know if you know this, but when we first became friends. It was one of these instinctual things, too. It was like, we were like, oh, we're looking for friends. You're it. <laughs> no, <laughs> Quite it, literally. Yeah. Wow. That's happened. Yeah. And we've been friends for like 13 years or something. And it was very, um, I think we both felt that very quickly um, from just very casual meeting. And mm-hmm. um yeah, when you it, it doesn't it doesn't even make any sense. So it it no. just it just is uh, that that intuition picks in uh, picks up. And I've yeah. met I've seen people in other scenarios, and it's like, well, my friend card is full. I really don't have time <laughs> to incorporate more friends. But I'm like, man, girl, we could we could we, be friends. I you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I was just on a a panel on Thursday night, and that exact topic came up how with sisterhood and friendships some people are like okay I have my kindergarten friends I have my high school friends I have my college friends I'm done I'm full Mm -hmm. and other people are just open to making new relationships because just like you said some people are in your life for a season or for a reason Mm -hmm. and there may this season there may be new friends for you to have for for them to come into your life um, Mm -hmm. to, to work through a purpose so I'm always open for new friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We hit it off real well. First time, it was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Yeah. When we all talked for the first time, it felt like we had known each other for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, w- it was good. And I love that about the intuition because I definitely have learned to trust my intuition more. But my 20-year-old self could have, could have, 
use some confidence in that area about trusting her intuition. Um, some situations not to go into could have probably mm-hmm. been avoided by mm-hmm. that little, that sixth sense that you have. Yeah, we no, have I it. Agree. So talking about that more and in, in empowering uh, girls to pay attention to that. Now I say girls because there's this thing about women's intuition. I'm a, I'm a girl. I don't know what men have. I'm a big person. But I, I am I am a woman. I've never been a boy. I, well, my I, husband I, calls his his first mind. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But I know that for girls, and I have one, mm-hmm. uh, and so I've, I've definitely helped, helped, helped her to acknowledge you have an intuition girl what does your gut tell you because and that and that helps i ask her well what does what does it feel like to you what Mm -hmm. does your gut tell you Mm -hmm. so i give her permission yeah to check in with herself and and let me know what that feels like yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's i i think that listening to our daughters empowers them when we honestly mm-hmm. listen to them and we honestly let them um, talk to us and say hard things to us, it empowers them. It lets them know that what they have to say is important. Now, I know I can't go back to my 20-year self and change my folks. I think they did the absolute best thing that they could have done with, mm-hmm. um, with me, so no complaints. But... Um, I think what you're doing, Twanda, is you're giving her a, a gift by giving her that space to understand that she can listen to herself, that she's enough, that she mm-hmm. is enough. And, um, you know, and so for my children, I try to give them that, that space as well. But every time we do it, we we crack we fill up one of those cracks so they go in a little bit so by the time i have great grandchildren i will be an expert uh filling the crevices and 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 you know what maybe that's part of our part of our purpose we're over here having this conversation Mm -hmm. about what we would tell our 20 year old selves we can't fix our 20 year old selves you know and and do it all over again Mm -hmm. but we can have an effect on the uh, upcoming generation and generations. So if we can come together and have these conversations with each other, share these conversations, these uh, episodes with other moms of girls mm-hmm. and boys so that we're all having this conversation and normalizing, talking to our kids about this, mm-hmm. that we can make a change for, for years to come. And I think also forgiving ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. Yeah, I still ain't giving myself for not knowing some of these things. And I think it drives me to make sure I make it better for other people. Yeah. But I probably should forgive myself. That's a, yeah. I, I'm gonna put that on my to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> Your to-do list is getting long over there. You you, you make it all types of commitments. She, makes, she loves the list. She loves the list. So <laughs> Okay. Yes. I I love the legacy piece of it, the the legacy that we get to leave just by having these conversations. But I also think that we can't go back in time, but I think that our 20-year-old self is still a part of who we are today. She still lives in there, Mm -hmm. just like our eight-year-old self still lives in there. And sometimes they show up 
I know my eight-year-old self comes out when I'm tired and I'm overly stressed. She comes out and she throws temper tantrums. And I have to, I have to like have a conversation with her and be like, okay, well, what is it that you need? What's going on? (laughs) And I have to mother that eight-year-old self. Love it. And what I found is that, that, um, because like I said, you know, my mother wasn't always present. You know, she probably didn't get all the mothering that she needed, but I have the opportunity to do some of that mothering now so that she can heal. And that affects me and my current state because because she's still in there, all all of those. So I haven't done as much work with my 20-year-old self as I have with my eight-year-old self. So the question is, have you told your 20-year-old self who's still inside of you any of these things that we just talked about today? I, I have, I have talked to her (laughs) about a lot of things, but I think the, um, the biggest gift that I've given myself or have been working on is the forgiveness aspect of it. Um, because we come to the table with what we have, right? We, you know, there's no books that comes along with this you know this life that we live we're given the parents that we're given we're given the circumstances that we're given and and most of us we try to do the absolute best we can and we try to strive for the best life that we can have and it's not always a vertical climb it's horizontal it's down it's up and when we have those downs we have to for, we have to say okay, this is what I did wrong. Let's go. Let's forgive ourselves and let's move on. Right. And I think for a long time, I used to beat myself up for those things, those decisions that I made that changed the direction of my life. And and I'll tell you, this is a a very quick, for instance, I was talking to Tawanda this week and I told her, I realized I, there was a decision I made when I was 30, maybe 31, that literally, I thought it was the smallest decision and it literally changed the direction of my life. Like I probably wouldn't know her. I probably would be in a different state and everything. And for the longest time, I beat myself up for that change because it caused, um, it, co- it, it just causes different circumstance, okay? And um, I used to beat myself up for it. Mm-hmm. But this past week, I said, well, I wouldn't have met Tawanda. I wouldn't have been on this path that I'm on. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have a third kid right now had um, this situation not happened. And it was off of this little thing. And I used to beat myself up for not making, you know, taking the red pill versus the blue pill, so to speak. Right. And there was no right answer. It just was. And it it changed the direction and it was just the way that my life was going and i'm happy i'm happy with where i am i'm happy with my kids i'm happy with my friends i'm happy with where i live and but if i had done if i had chosen the other direction i would have 
I don't know what my life would have looked like. But for the longest time, I beat myself up for it. And then I was like, you know what? It is all good. Mm-hmm. You know, let that go. But mm-hmm. I'm 50 and I just let it go less this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> you know, you too can get it when you get 50. Now, we want that to happen earlier, but you're yeah. talking about accepting your life path and mm-hmm. and saying and this is good or mm-hmm. i can make something good from it i think it would be helpful to know that in whatever decision i make on my life path path i can make it good i can make mm-hmm. it work mm-hmm. it doesn't mean sudden and utter failure it doesn't mean right. you reached a dead end you just have a different set of doors that you can go through it. It doesn't mean it's as bad. I guess that would be helpful to know that any decision I made, because I'm telling you, I like some of the decisions that I made. I'm going to give you an example. I went, I could have gone on a full scholarship to a college in my hometown, or I can get in a whole heck of a lot of debt. Oh, in a degree that would have had me set pretty much better than I did. uh, When I went to the other route where I went to another school that put me in a lot of debt to have a degree that did very little for me. <laughs> I'm a little bitter about that still. <laughs> but, so much then I, but then I met my husband there and I have these great kids and, and it put me in this place that have opened up other opportunities for me. I've looked at the other, I, I don't really know, Romel, if I've forgiven myself for not taking that other route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have, but, but I have learned that you may, you can make, decisions and then find ways to 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 live and make that okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now stephanie you said you have your eight-year-old self in there that you've mothered and i get that and when you say it it makes a whole lot of sense to me but when i look inside of myself i don't feel the same way when you see that tantrum that comes out when i didn't have enough sleep oh that that's the 46 year old me having a freaking (laughs) tantrum right now and I had I never applied that to my, my an eight year old self or something like that. No, that that's me having a tantrum right now. Right. I don't where I feel like you seem to connect with that inner girl who who still lives inside of you. That's something I'm going to have to explore after this session. I know uh, this conversation because I see that person in the past. Like I am the older self, so I feel like if anything, I am still. I'm still counseling myself at this age, having, maybe I'm working on that forgiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, you didn't know that when you were 20, but I have a harder time seeing the 20 year old me and speaking to her. I'm still trying to speak to the today Twanda in light of what happened and got me here to this point. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of weird to, think about it that way. But for me, it's a little bit easier because when I just kind of go back to what the eight-year-old Stephanie knew and what she was experiencing and why she was doing the things that she was doing, that she was responding to, you know, trauma and that was her coping mechanism. And so it's much easier for me to empathize. Like, you know, you had no other choice. That's, That's all you knew. And that's what you used to get you to the point that you were at. But now that I am my 50 year old self, I can say, okay, I no longer need to do that. You know, I'm not in that situation. I'm not, 
you know, in a traumatic situation, it's just gas. I ran out of gas. That's it. That's all it is, you know? So, um, I can just like empathize with her and let her know that it's okay. And then come back to who I am today in terms of what I've, you know, the healing that I've done and the growth that I've done to know that it's, it's going to work out. You know, even if I'm stuck here, it's going to work out. I have AAA. I can give them a call. It's okay. <laughs> You're a responsible adult. Right. I'm a responsible adult. But I just try to love on her because sometimes she just needs a lot of love. And when I'm burning myself, burning the candle from both ends, I'm not giving her the love that she needs. And so I just have to love on her. And I've figured out ways to do that. I think we're saying the same thing with in different perspectives from from a different perspective. You are uh, much better at identifying different parts of your life and speaking to that and acknowledging and seeing where that still lives in you today. Um, and you you still speak to her. Um, I'm speaking to something, too. It could be from from my older self. But right now, I just see it as the accumulation of who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to speak to that person. And I think about the girl who was 20 um, and the decisions that that girl made. And I still, um, I, 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 I try to forgive that situation. I try to say, you know what? She did that because she didn't know any better. She mm-hmm. did that. And, and because she didn't know she was enough. She still had a lot of holes in her enoughness that weren't filled and that's why she made those decisions and then I tell my today self but that was her then and her today is going to do better her Mm -hmm. today is going to look at it differently and so I'm still I feel like we're doing something similar just maybe Mm -hmm. in a with a different slightly different perspective yeah I think so too question for the two of you guys so what would your 20 year old self want to tell you <laughs> that's Ooh, a good one I don't see why you have to do that you, that wasn't in the show notes <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question I, I know here she go again taking over my show <laughs> I know right <laughs> you ain't never gonna get an invitation back from Mal no I know I'll behave I'll behave <laughs> no no that 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 is a good one and I thought about that question um I didn't have an answer for it right away, but I think what my 20-year-old self would tell my today self is, I am so proud of you, girl. You have done amazing things and you are black girl magic personified. Obviously, I wouldn't know that phrase, but that's that's what I would tell myself. And I would tell her, whenever you feel discouraged or you feel like you're not as far as you should be, think about where you were when you were me and look at where you are now. You are way beyond what anybody ever expected us to be able to do. Wow. I love that. I think, um, I think as a 20-year-old, I think I lived so much in the now. Um, of course, I was thinking about my future, but, you know, when you're 20 and you don't have the responsibilities to worry about, like, you got to get home to your kids and you, and you got to, you know, there's, as an, 
as an older person, I always have the pressures of other things coming into play. But as a 20-year-old, I think I lived life with a lot less restriction. And I would, I would, I think my 20 year old self would say, girl, just let go just a little bit in the same way that I would say to my 20 year old self, Mm -hmm. like who felt kind of wound up, like all this wound up energy that I needed to get out and, you know, create and do and be this big career woman. I think I would say, um, my 20 year old self would say, um, you know, you've done these things. Now it's okay for you to live back in the moment. So I, th- I think it's kind of both ways. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. I love how your 20 year old self can give your, um, your future self some advice on living in the moment because she's good at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. She was excellent. She had a lot of fun. <laughs> We didn't think about all the repercussions. <laughs> I think my, I was having trouble figuring out what in the world my 20-year-old self could tell me because she ain't no crap, <laughs> right? But there was a few things that 20-year-old Twanda knew that 46-year-old Twanda keeps forgetting that. So I think my 20-year-old self would remind my present self of all the things that I thought was fun or Mm. or what my passions are. Because sometimes, no, no, oftentimes I forget because I've got too many other people's fun and passions Mm -hmm. to think about on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I forget. So I think my 20-year-old, because she was young and didn't have as much pressure of the world. So she was into her passions. I could probably list them out easily and what I did for fun and what was curious for me and what, what was interesting. Mm -hmm. And with all this life being piled on that we have now, I'm I'm living for a lot of other people right now. And so I forget about the things that were uniquely mine that I enjoyed. I loved and I was passionate about. So that's the thing that she could give me. Now I should call her up and ask her because I, I have questions. I don't remember either. <laughs> I have some questions. <laughs> like, what did I like to do? I love that. I love that. What a nice reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we might want to ask her sometimes when when we get lost. Yeah, that's true. I, I have that. to ask her. See what she says. Yeah, she probably won't answer the phone. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm sure she's just as funny as you are now to me. Oh my gosh, I'm laughing! <sighs> oh, this has been a wonderful conversation. I just want to thank you both for um, spending this time with me because I know you are both busy and you have lots of lots of things to do. Uh, and, but this was a really special time, so thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. The pleasure was definitely ours, and we are, just feel very privileged that you would have us on your show. Thank you for listening to this episode of SOAR. If you'd like to reach me for coaching, you can reach me at www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And if you want to follow SOAR, you can follow Sisters Overcoming and Rising on Instagram or Stephanie Brown Coaching on Facebook. Goodbye for now.